Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face here on WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. Now, as you may know, or as you may not know, that was a song called The Christians and the Pagans by Dar Williams, one of my favorite holiday songs because it's all about uh, interfaith understanding and 
getting along with family at the holidays, even though you've got differences of opinion. Uh, my name is Tree Song. As you may have noticed, if you're a regular listener, I am not, in fact, Ord Energy Mon Beck. He's off teaching solar energy to people again. Uh, that's that incorrigible guy. He keeps going around teaching solar energy to people. There's just no stopping him. But he, he will be back uh, possibly next week, if not uh, sometime soon. In the meantime, we've got news, we've got happenings, we've got holidays. Plenty of stuff to keep you warm on a Friday morning. It's actually a little bit warmer than it's been lately, but it's still not 70 degrees out, so got some good stuff for you here. All right, so let's start out with some news. Got our news for the week. And uh, lots of things in the headlines. Uh, we've also got uh, this one. Let's start with this one. Now, we, we, we usually try to read our, our most upbeat stories here on Your Community Spirit, but sometimes we got to cover the other ones, too. And uh, this is some very important re reflections on climate. It's called... Reality Bites. Hey, Obama, you can't bargain with the climate. <laughs> uh, so, now that this, this raises a question that I often think about. Chemistry and physics don't give us much time, and they don't haggle. The UN's big climate conference ended Saturday in Cancun with claims of modest victory. Quote, the UN climate talks are off the life support machine, said Tim Gore of Oxfam. Quote, not as rancorous as last year's train wreck in Copenhagen wrote The Guardian. Uh, Patricia Espinosa, the Mexican foreign minister who brokered the final compromise, described it as, quote, the best we could achieve at this point in a long process. The conference did indeed make progress on a few important issues. Uh, they have outlines of financial aid for developing countries to help them deal with climate change, and also some ideas on how to monitor greenhouse gas emissions in China and India. Uh, but it ignored a couple of crucial questions. How much carbon is going to be cut and how fast. Now this, it's interesting, we've got a full article reflecting on this if you sign up for our newsletter, or if you go to grist.org, where we get a lot of our environmental stories. Now on the one hand, you know, I understand the political process, and there are a lot of compromises that are made along the way, because some people believe one thing, other people believe another. But for better or for worse, uh, oftentimes scientific principles operating in the environments don't feel the same way about compromising. Uh, there's, there's been this evidence from the scientific community. Uh, if you go to 350.org, they've got a lot of information about how scientists are predicting that in order to keep catastrophic climate change from happening, we need to keep our CO2 levels below 350 parts per million. And unfortunately, some of the deals that they're brokering are aimed at keeping it down to 450 or 500, 
Which, you know, won't, won't turn us into a raging inferno in the next 20 years if we keep levels that low. But it also means that ecosystems might not function as they do currently. So this, we have an article here from Bill McKibben, and it's also from Chris.org, about the compromises in climate change. And this is often an issue I like to bring up when I get the chance, because it's, it's this conflict, you know, that as someone living in a, in, in a democratic society, if there are people who don't believe in climate change, even though the science says it, then you end up negotiating, haggling, like, well, let's only do these half measures. But uh, that might lead us to a very toasty planet. All right, a little bit more news. Big flak attack. That's not Big Mac attack. Big flak attack. Uh, doing some myth busting here. Cheap food does not equal higher quality of life. For decades, the federal government has watched idly while a few gigantic companies have grabbed ever greater control of the food industry. As the big players gobble up the smaller ones, they concentrate power at the top and apply relentless pressure to cut costs, giving rise to many of the things about food that are not quite as user-friendly as we might like. Uh, workers, farmers, the environment, animals, public health, they all get abused uh, by suppliers so that uh, mega retails like Walmart, uh, meat producers like Smithfield, and corn producers like Cargill can keep the cost down while selling the cheapest food possible. Now this, from a, from a purely profit motive, I'm sure this seems like a great idea, you know, that those workers didn't need that money anyway, and, you know, those animals don't need more room to roam. But as it turns out, uh, all this cost-cutting, you know, sometimes it's, it, it's touted as an improvement to society, you know, food is cheaper now, that means life must be getting better, right? Well, there's been recent studies about that that call that into question. Uh, comparing U.S. consumers' food expenditures to those of the French and Spanish, uh, the, a study concluded that our tightly consolidated food industry is serving us a higher quality of life, along with all the burgers and fro uh, frozen dinners. And this assertion was argued by the study that uh, has a chart comparing the expenditures and the diet-related troubles in the U.S. and elsewhere. Now, this chart, I, I wish we could show charts over the radio. Radio Magic doesn't quite allow that. But it's got a few charts, for example, of uh, in France and Spain, of them spending additional money on food, and it's got the charts and the U.S. spending less. And then the diabetes rates, for example, are higher in the U.S. because people are having low-quality, highly processed foods uh, that's, that mess up the blood sugar levels. So it, it's sort of a question of pay now or pay later. Now, if you've got, this is one of the reasons why I get aggravated by the fact that conventional farming, uh, well, I try not to call it conventional, you know, chemically-based farming gets all of these subsidies and organic farming does not, because then what happens is it becomes cheaper to buy all of this 
chemically uh, charged food, uh, all these processed foods, which are less healthy for you. And in the short term, if you have no money, you end up buying these cheap foods, but in the long term, you're paying with your long-term quality of life. So some food for thought. You know, when possible, maybe we should buy higher quality food and not pay for it in the long run to buy the cheap stuff. One last bit of food of thought on that last story, too. Uh, you know, there's plenty of ways to buy food that is cheap and healthy. You know, buying bulk is one example of that. If you buy bulk foods, like bulk pastas and grains, uh, that reduces costs considerably. Also, when it's in season, the farmer's market is really great. Uh, the farmer's market has local foods that are really fresh and healthy. So there's all sorts of ways you can try to achieve the balance and do both. So let's see, in other news, suit up. The U.S. sues BP and eight others over the Gulf oil spill. Now, uh, this this is a story we've been following off and on ever since it happened. Um, if if you've been living on planet Earth for the past couple years, you might remember this huge, gigantic, they call it an oil spill, but we try to come up with other terms for it here on Your Community Spirit. A, a gusher, a explosion, a disaster. Because, you know, spill, if you knock over a cup of milk, that's a spill. If unknown millions and billions of gallons of oil are pouring out into the ocean, that's a little more than just a spill. So uh, this thing happened, and it happened a while ago, so we're supposed to forget about it, right? You know, oh, what oil spill, what's he talking about? That was so six months ago. But there's actually people in, in the U.S. government and in the U.S. populace who are following up on this issue. So the United States filed suits uh, Wednesday for the first time against BP and eight other companies for uncounted billions of dollars in damages from a massive oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, this oil spill was the worst in U.S. history. Complaint was filed by the Justice Department with a federal court in New Orleans, where thousands of individuals and small businesses have already sued the oil giant. Attorney General Eric Holder said the complaint alleges that, quote, Violations of safety and operational regulations, quote, caused the April 20th explosion on the Deepwater Horizon rig, which sent nearly 5 million barrels of oil gushing into the Gulf. Now, to sort of clear up that legal term, violations of safety and operational regulations, uh, what that means is you done goofed, you done broke the law, and terrible things happened because you broke the law, so now you're in a lot of trouble. Quote, we intend to provide to prove that these violations caused or contributed to the massive oil spill and that the defendants are therefore responsible under the Oil Pollution Act for government removal losses, economic losses, as well as environmental dance, uh, damages. We're also seeking civil penalties under the Clean Water Act, which prohibits the unauthorized use of oil in the waters, he said. So it sounds like they've thrown the book at BP and the other companies involved. Now, on the one hand, I mention this story because uh, I do believe in responsibility, personal responsibility, corporate responsibility. So it's kind of exciting to see that the, the people at BP and elsewhere might actually be held responsible for their role in this oil disaster. 
Well, on the other hand, because I do believe in personal responsibility, I want to point out that it isn't just BP that's the issue. Uh, we've got this high demand for oil, and that drives all of these for-profit corporations to go crazy and do illegal things to try to get us that oil. So we can, as we get excited and say, oh, BP is finally being called to task, we can, we can take initiative and we can call ourselves to task and say, uh, you know, what am I doing to ensure that there's not more oil leaking out into the ocean? Am I uh, decreasing my consumption? Am I, uh, you know, lo lobbying my legislators for renewable energy legislation? There's all sorts of things we can do as individuals to ensure that we're not quite as destructive as BP. Our song we're playing for musical interludes here is uh, Holly King by a band called Incubus Succubus. Uh, fun holiday song. Uh, I wanted to play something a little holiday related, but I know you probably heard quite a bit of the, uh, we'll call them traditional commercial holiday songs. Get something a little out of the ordinary in there. Alright, so our next story. Who resuscitated the electric car? Uh, there's a trailer out for a movie called Revenge of the Electric Car. In 2006, the documentary Who Killed the Electric Car became the must-see movie for clean energy fans, car freaks, and TV-wearing conspiracy theorists. Uh, today it's almost hard to imagine a world not obsessed with the neon leaf, but filmmaker Chris Payne's sequel, Revenge of the Electric Car, traces how electric vehicles uh, sprung back into public consciousness, became the object of rabid desire, and the trigger for an automaker showdown. Now, if you go online, uh, there's an article about this at grist.org. You can also sign up for our newsletter if you email me at treesong at treesong.org or if you email the show address at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. We'll start sending you all these stories. But there's a trailer for that, and it's fun to me because I liked the original. You know, Who Killed the Electric Car was a good movie. It talked about how the auto industry decided to not have electric cars after all and to, to avoid the process unless they were absolutely forced to. But now, you know, now the tides are turning. So I, I like I like the fact that they went with an exciting title too, an exciting theme, Revenge of the Electric Car. Makes, makes for good Hollywood drama. Well, since we've got some holiday music playing, we may as well mention some of the holidays. Some holidays coming up, uh, Saturnalia coming up, uh, starting today, uh, ancient holiday for this time of year. Uh, happy Saturnalia to everyone who celebrates it currently. <laughs> got, uh, Underdog Day. Uh, I always like rooting for the underdog. Uh, I, I was raised a Cubs fan when I lived in the Chicago area. And the Cubs tend to be underdogs, so it got me in the habit of realizing, you know, you can't always win, but you still gotta try. It's also Wright Brothers Day today. Uh, the, 
uh, celebrating the Wright brothers who did the first uh, manned flight. Okay, uh, coming up on Saturday is International Migrants Day. So all, all migrants, migrant workers, people who migrate, Saturday is their day. Uh, Sunday is the day for the UN Day for South-South Cooperation. Now that doesn't mean uh, uh, Alabama and Mississippi cooperating, although they're welcome to. Uh, it means uh, the Southern Hemisphere, uh, you know, countries in the Global South that's tend to be a little more economically uh, poor than the countries in the Global North. So they can work together and uh, team up so that they don't have the same uh, economic disadvantage leveled on them by the Northern countries. Other holidays coming up. Monday is Cathode Ray Tube Day. Now, uh, uh, some young people may not remember this, but before these flat-screen TVs happened, you know, we had uh, all sorts of tubes and gadgets and things that we had to use to create audio and video. So Monday is the anniversary of the cathode ray tube. It's also UN International Human Solidarity Day. Tuesday is uh, the cold moon. Uh, yes, it's a chilly moon out there, but the moon is going to be full, so that's a fun thing. It's also Crossword Puzzle Day, uh, Forefathers Day, Humbug Day. It's the uh, lunar eclipse. Oh, I forgot about that. It's on the on the full moon is when lunar eclipses happen, and there's actually going to be a lunar eclipse. Uh, National Haiku Poetry Day, so you can bust out your haikus. Uh, it's also uh, Yule, the Wiccan neo-pagan holiday that celebrates the solstice. And it's also uh, the solstice, winter solstice, uh, the time when uh, time seemed darkest because the light is at uh, its least. And, you know, winter is here and we've still got a few months of winter ahead of us. But the good news is that things are starting to get brighter. We may not notice it immediately, but starting at winter solstice, you know, the, the sun sort of lays low for a couple days and then starts getting higher and higher in the sky. More daylight, more sunshine. Uh, Especially those of you with seasonal affective disorder out there might be happy to know the sun will be returning soon. Uh, so it's, it's a good time for celebration. So coming up on Thursday, Festivus, a holiday for the rest of us. Also the Human Light Celebration, which uh, there's all of these religious holidays going on at this time of year. Uh, the Human Light Celebration is a secular holiday to celebrate the achievements of, of human beings. Uh, you know, e even if you believe that there's divine inspiration to what humans do, uh, humans do a lot of exciting and clever things and uh, have a lot of good values we can support, like uh, cooperation, human rights, uh, compassion for our fellow people. So all the, uh, the atheists and agnostics and people who appreciate secular celebrations, coming up next Thursday is Human Light Celebration. All right, and we've got time for a couple happenings. First, we've got uh, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. They've got their film series going strong now. Uh, coming up this Sunday, they've got Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping. It's coming up on Sunday at 6 p.m., Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Now, if you're not familiar with him, Reverend Billy is hilarious, and he's also got something meaningful to say. 
Uh, he's been preaching salvation for the commodity-addicted flock for over a decade. Uh, he helps the wicked credit card charger to understand that there is indeed life after shopping. Now, uh, he, he's gotten a little bit more moderate in his message of, of late and pointing out that, you know, if you want to shop around the holidays, you can buy local, you can, you know, buy buy food, buy meaningful things, but you, you don't want to get into this craze of, you know, everything is about buy, buy, buy. Like, I can only show my love for my family by buying them all these plastic things that they may not even want. So he's, he's got, he's great. He's got a hilarious performance that he does where he's the reverend preaching to, uh, to, to stop your overconsumption. And so we're gonna have some of that going on. Sunday, 6 p.m., Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. All right, uh, now I'm going to try to pronounce the name of this next event in German, but I apologize to the German speakers out there. I, I'm not among you. Is <laughs> a uh, uh, Deutsch Weihnachtsfest, the German Christmas Fest. Uh, it's coming up as the latest Rice and Spice installment. Uh, Rice and Spice is still going on this uh, today, and it is uh, Deutsch Weihnachtsfest. It's coming up tonight. Uh, Anybody's welcome. You can bring your friends and get ready for a taste explosion. <laughs> that sounds exciting. And they're going to have some real traditional German holiday food together. And they have a real traditional German there leading the, the charge to prepare it. So uh, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, for people who haven't participated in Rice and Spice, uh, if you want the whole Slow Foods experience, what you do is you show up there at 6 p.m. And uh, she's going to have the recipes and needed ingredients. And they're going to get together and prepare the meal. Now, obviously, to do the, the full traditional uh, German Christmas meal, they've had to do some pre-prep, I'm sure. But they're going to have stuff that you can participate in because that's part of the slow foods experience, you know, preparing food together, eating together, talking over the food. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, and then they, the, the cooking usually takes about an hour or two. Uh, anything they've got longer than that, they tend to work on in advance. And even if you can't be there at 6 p.m., you can feel free to stop by a little later to help them eat the goodies. And they always need someone to do dishes at the end. So if you don't show up quite in time to uh, uh, help prepare the foods, you can help with the dishes. And you can help eat it, which is one of the most important things. So uh, once again, that uh, starts at 6 o'clock, 913 South Illinois Avenue, the Guy House Interfaith Center. It's an exciting time. Well, looks like that's all the time we have this week for your community spirits. Hopefully it's been as, as fun and informative and exciting for you as it has been for me. I will actually be out of town uh, for the next radio show. Uh, I'll be off visiting family in the Chicago area. So I want to wish you happy holidays, whichever holidays you may celebrate. Uh, Festivus, uh, Human Light Day, uh, Saturnalia. There's lots of, lots of things to celebrate at this time of year. So... Hope you have happy holidays, and I'll see you again in a week or two on the radio.